You're listening to Midday Moments with God, a daily podcast centered around Scripture and prayer. Here we encounter God's blessing for the work we've begun and the grace needed to finish the day. So, let's center our hearts and prepare for worship. Will you join me in prayer? Bless our God, all you people. Make the voice of His praise be heard. Amen. Today's psalm comes from Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, God, according to your steadfast love. Wipe away my wrongdoings according to your great compassion. Wash me completely clean of my guilt, purify me of my sin. Because I know my wrongdoings, my sin is always right in front of me. I've sinned against you, you alone. I've committed great evil in your sight. That's why you're justified when you render your verdict, completely correct when you issue your judgment. Yes, I was born in guilt, in sin, from the moment my mother conceived me. And yes, You want truth in the most hidden places. You teach me wisdom in the most secret space. Please, don't throw me out of your presence. Please, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Return the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach wrongdoers your ways and sinners will come back to you. As we prepare for today's scripture reading, I want to encourage you to listen intentionally. Pay attention to the words that stand out to you. Listen to the emotions you feel and the pictures that come to mind. These are just some of the ways God might be speaking to you. Today's scripture comes from Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 16. But beyond even that, I consider everything a loss in comparison with the superior value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I've lost everything for him, but what I lost I think of as sewer trash, so that I might gain Christ and be found in him. In Christ I have a righteousness that is not my own, and that does not come from the law, but rather from the faithfulness of Christ. It is the righteousness of God that is based on faith. The righteousness that I have comes from knowing Christ, the power of his resurrection, and the participation in his sufferings. It includes being conformed to his death, so that I may perhaps reach the goal of the resurrection of the dead. It's not that I have already reached this goal or have already been perfected, but I pursue it, so that I may grab a hold of it because Christ grabbed hold of me for just this purpose. Brothers and sisters, I myself don't think I've reached it, but I do this one thing. I forget about the things behind me and reach out for the things ahead of me. The goal I pursue is the prize of God's upward call in Christ Jesus. 
So all of us who are spiritually mature should think this way. And if anyone thinks differently, God will reveal it to him or to her. Only let's live in a way that is consistent with whatever level we have reached. I want to invite you to pause for a moment and let us guide you as you reflect on the words of scripture you just heard. Take a deep breath and let's begin. What word or phrase stood out to you in today's reading? What emotions did you feel? Who or what did you picture in your mind? Do you feel God calling you to act upon anything you've reflected on today? As we wrap up this moment of reflection, let this ancient prayer wash over you. The Lord is my God, the Lord alone. I will choose to love the Lord, my God, with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my strength. All glory is God's. Amen. For the next few days, I want to read from a great book I read just a couple months ago by Will Williman, who's a retired United Methodist bishop. It's titled, Don't Look Back. Methodist hope for what comes next, and it was written in a time of division in the denomination. So that's reflected in so much of what he says. And these readings are from one chapter titled Hope for Congregations, which begins uh, with this. He says, what a sad group gathered there on the evening of day one. Jesus, their hope and trust had been cruelly, humiliatingly, publicly tortured to death. They had hoped he would bring their redemption and liberation, but hope ended when Jesus was crushed under the heel of the authorities, political and religious, betrayed not only by the fickle crowd, but by his own disciples. Now they huddled in darkness behind closed doors because they were afraid. Why shouldn't they fear? The same murderous authorities who had crucified Jesus could now be searching for Jesus' followers. There, as they trembled fearfully behind closed doors, Jesus came and stood among them. Jesus, the one whom they had forsaken in his time of trial, showed up to them in their grief, standing among those who didn't know how to stand by him. Jesus greets his astounded followers, not with accusation and scolding, which they all deserve, but with his gracious, forgiving, peace be with you, which none deserved. He showed them his hands and his side just to prove who he was. Jesus, the resurrected, is also the crucified. And the once despondent, grieving disciples were filled with joy. To make sure they heard, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you, disturbing their mourning. And then Jesus' most astounding statement, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. To those who repeatedly misunderstood, forsaken, and betrayed him, Huddled together in fear behind locked doors, Jesus says, As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Us? 
Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Upon these disheartened disciples, lamenting their loss, Jesus bestows his Holy Spirit in order to empower them for his mission of forgiveness. What is forgiveness but the gift of a future? The ability to go on in spite of one's grief about the past. Don't look back. Grieving they may be, but Jesus forbids his followers safely to huddle behind their closed doors. After Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, all who follow Jesus are now sent by Jesus, thrust into the world, driven by his disruptive, empowering gust of Holy Spirit to do the same work he has done. His death-defeating, life-giving work is now theirs. His mission, from the Latin missio means sent, is theirs by his evening Easter commission. Now let's join together in prayer, letting God hear what's on our hearts. When we open our hands and hearts to the poor, your kingdom is at hand. Remind us that there is always enough to give to those who are in need. Make us generous today with the good you have entrusted to us. Together, let us pray for the people of this congregation. For those who suffer and those in trouble. For the concerns of this local community. For the world its people, and its leaders. For the Church Universal, its leaders, its members, and its mission. And in communion with the saints. And help us to remember the words your Son, Jesus Christ, taught us to pray, saying, Our, Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Go forth now as God's servant, Remember God's presence often and draw strength from the knowledge that the one who calls and sends also sustains. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this midday moment with God. We hope you felt connected to Christ and our community of listeners. Midday Moments with God is a ministry of the First United Methodist Church of Mount Vernon, Illinois. Join us here each weekday wherever you find your podcasts.